It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we welcome you to the final episode of the week of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We'll take you through the weekend and, of course, leading you right up and through Sunday afternoon, FedEx Field, Landover, Maryland, the 9-4 Seattle Seahawks, the 6-7 first place Washington football team winners of four in a row. Coming up on this edition what in the world is going on at the quarterback spot? And whew, things are getting ugly once again publicly for Dan Snyder. Uh, we are brought to you by our friends at Pepsi on this particular uh, Friday slash weekend episode. This football season, of course, different. Pepsi, here's the ready to get you for game day. Ready for game day, that is, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Who are they? These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com and check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi. Here's the situation. Um, Alex Smith has been ruled out of the game on Sunday. Not a surprise. Despite all of the pe- the optimistic reports. I mean, Tom Pelissero had one on Tuesday. Oh, Washington feels really good. If if Washington was disseminating that message, that was that was not the smart message to disseminate. But they don't want anybody to go crazy and to know their plans. So sometimes they have to be very rosy. Even on Friday, Ian Rappaport reported uh, on my way to practice, oh, he's expected to take individuals, at least. Uh, he never did. So whoever told Rappaport that was wrong. It, or they tried to put Alex through a workout before that practice to see if the pain had subsided or the swelling or the tightness, and it didn't. So maybe they weren't wrong when they said it, but ultimately it looks wrong. And they got... The section of the fan base that does like Alex Smith, that doesn't like Dwayne Haskins, they got them all pumped up. I'm sure they got all the fantasy GMs intrigued. Uh, They've got Twitter on fire because, uh, God forbid, the report be wrong or premature. And I'm not saying those guys did a bad job. I mean, they can only go based on what people are telling them. But that's the problem with the national reports is I don't know everything, but I have the, 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 
the ability to look at everything in context. And I'm not saying I'm right all the time, but I never thought for one second Alex Smith really was going to be able to play this week. Uh, I mean, I thought maybe they would try and force it or shoehorn it in logically and using common sense. I've said it all week long. I didn't think that Alex Smith would be ready to play, should play, even if he was less than 100 or close to 100%. Who's to say that he can't re-injure it? And we've said all along that Alex Smith would be better coming off the bench, meaning if you don't need him, they're not even going to have him in uniform. That's how bad it is. Not even in uniform, unless they change their mind between now and Sunday morning. So that means they're going to have to promote on Saturday either Tyler Heineke or Steven Montez, and it'll likely be Heineke because he has some NFL experience and he's been with Scott Turner in both Minnesota and Carolina. So it looks like it's not only no Alex Smith as a starter, but that Alex Smith won't even be in uniform. And then Dwayne Haskins, of course, is the starter and took all the first team reps this week and sounds different. Uh, We will get you a portion of Dwayne Haskins on this particular episode from Friday. But they'll also have to, again, make a corresponding uh, move. Now they can bring up both of those guys or one of those guys from the practice squad and just elevate them. They don't have to put them on the 53 and cut somebody. So that's good. Um, So we'll see what they do with that. I would assume it would be Heineke, but Dwayne Haskins is going to start Alex Smith inactive, more injury news, Antonio Gibson doubtful. He was at practice on Friday. He was working through individual drills. I uh, saw him. I got video of him. He looked okay. I mean, I wouldn't look, I wouldn't say look game ready, and I don't think he's going to play. He's officially doubtful, which means you have maybe a 1% or a 2% chance of playing. Listen, Antonio Gibson's not playing in this game. Not that I thought he would play in this game, but the doubtful designation, while it doesn't rule it out because if he comes in and he feels just tremendous on Saturday and he goes through the walkthrough slash light practice and all of a sudden he shows some burst and some cutting and 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 and, and all of that, I guess they could put him out there for a limited pitch count. But it's very hard to see Antonio Gibson out. More key injuries. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who's been dealing with an ankle injury all week, he is out. Cole Holcomb, concussion. This is a new one. We didn't know about this because he wasn't on the injury report. Both of those guys, out. So two starting linebackers against a team that throws to the tight end a lot, heavily, in Seattle. And maybe more if Greg Olson comes back off the injured list. He practiced all week. Pete Carroll was non-committal. They're flying out to Washington late Friday night. They'll have a walkthrough uh, on Saturday, I guess. And he said they have some options. One of those options is to activate Greg Olson. One of those other options is to activate Quentin Dunbar. Another option is to activate Rashad Penny, uh, a running back with some wiggle and some pop. We talked about these moves on the Locked On Washington and Locked On Seahawks crossover podcast on the last episode. 
with Corbin Smith. Those guys made it through the practice week. They could be activated. Pete was non-committal, so we should find out a lot more of this stuff on Saturday afternoon, 2, 3 o'clock, somewhere in that range. Uh, I'll put it up on Twitter, at WrestleMania621, uh, at LockWFTPod. I try and post you know, whatever we can, uh, of course, there and, and SI.com. So there's your injury situation. No Kevin Pierre-Lewis, no Cole Holcomb, two out of three linebackers, starters down. And that probably means Thomas Davis and Sean Dion Hamilton, uh, along with John Bostic as the starters, which is not great, quite honestly, especially against, you know, again, a tight end attack. Not that they use the tight end more than they use the wide receivers. They don't because they're so good there with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. If you're going to pay a lot more attention to those guys, somebody's going to be open somewhere. And it's very likely, very likely that those tight ends are going to be able to hurt you over the middle of the football field or on the perimeter edges, depending on how they choose to deploy them. And Washington, as we know, you know, has has struggled defending tight ends. They've been a little bit better with it of late, so that's good. But Seattle, again, could have potentially Greg Olson back, and they have Will Disley and Jacob Hollister, and even Colby Parkinson, who's a fourth-round rookie out of Stanford. But real quickly here, before we hit our first time out, let you hear from Ron Rivera. Uh, There is a lot going on, and my buddy Michael Phillips and the Richmond Times-Dispatch summed it up great. There's this ongoing battle between Dan Snyder and the lawyer and the the co-owners of the team. And, and, And as Michael wrote, that a judge ruled in favor of the Washington Post on Thursday. Post had argued for public access uh, to the trial and related documents. And some of the documents have been made public. Such as, who exactly owes, uh, owns what? So Washington Football Incorporated is the official corporation name. Dan Snyder owns 40.45% of the shares. Now you might say, huh? That's because Dan Snyder's mom, Arlette, owns about 6.5%. And Dan Snyder's sister, Michelle, owns about 12.5%. So when you combine the 40.5% that Dan owns and the 12.5% that Michelle, his sister, owns and the 6.5% that Arlette, his mother, owns, 40.5 plus 19 roughly, so you get just about 60%, which is what we thought. But everybody, including myself, has said Dan Snyder on 60%. Apparently, that's that's not the way it should be worded. He only apparently owns 40.45%, and his mother and his sister own their separate shares. Now, Dwight Shar owns 15.16%. Bob Rothman owns 15.16%. Fred Smith, the founder of FedEx, owns 10.16% percent of the team. Of course, Dan Snyder, as we know, as the principal owner, as the primary owner, is the only stockholder of Washington Football Incorporated who holds voting shares. So apparently the agreement 
said that Dan Snyder was issued voting stock and will serve as the company's voting stockholder based upon A, his management skills, B, his longstanding association with the other founding stockholders, which is not good right now, C, his financial capability to provide significant additional funds to the company, and D, the fact that Dan Snyder's percentage ownership interest significantly exceeds that of each stockholder. He's issued the stock as long as he achieves all these things. But what if his management skills are deemed to be faulty, which they kind of are? What if that happens in a legal battle? I don't know. What if the NFL strips him somehow? Plus, there's this. The co-owners, Rothman, Shar, and Smith, notified Snyder of their intent to sell, which again works out to be a collective 40 plus percent of the team. They found a buyer or buyers out in California. Snyder refused to sell all of the or agree to all of the remaining 40%, right? He did not want the 15% plus that Dwight Shar has in his ownership. So apparently he was fine with Bob Rothman. He was fine with Fred Smith, which make up a little bit more than 25%. He did not want to approve the Dwight Shar. Now, they, those two have had a personal battle. So on October 23rd, he gets notified of their intent to sell, which again is 40.5% to a billionaire group of co-founders of, of a company called Clear Lake, based out of California. Uh, there's two guys. And then also Kwanzaa Jones, who is married to one of the potential buyers, Jose Feliciano. And Kwanzaa Jones is a singer, songwriter, and a philanthropist, but she grew up here in Washington, D.C. Want to buy in at this 40%, but apparently they only want to put in $900 million. The cost of that stake, based on the Forbes estimated value, should be, should be around 1.4, 1.5. Elsewhere in this discovery, and I'm trying to make this short, but it's complicated. There is a couple of screen grab text messages sent by this guy, John Moog, who is a high, high, high powered Baltimore investment attorney that is facil facilitating the sale on behalf of the three owners. And he understands that, you know, he's getting... A road blocked, if you will. He sent a text to Dan and said something about, quote, if you continue your game, you know what I know and what I have never spoken about. And you know it has nothing to do with the media. Beep. It's the more serious. Beep. If you want to get a clean conclusion, let me know. If you want a beep show, we are on for that, too. Now, all these documents have been heavily redacted. Michael Phillips did a really good job laying all this stuff out in the Richmond Times-Dispatch. I suggest you go to him. Uh, but the bottom line is, it's not good. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. 
Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is Chris Russell with you as we make the turn here. Let's hear from Ron Rivera. A little bit from him right after practice on Friday afternoon, courtesy of WashingtonFootball.com. Hey, Sean, are you on there? Yep, I'm here, guys. Um, Hey, we're going to do injuries first. Um, We have three DMPs today. Those were Alex Smith, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, and Cole Holcomb. All three of them will be ruled out for the game on Sunday. Two limited participants, Thomas Davis and Antonio Gibson. And two full participants, Jonathan Allen and Peyton Barber. Davis, Allen, and Barber will not be listed on the game status, and Antonio Gibson will be listed as doubtful. With that, we can open it up. Uh, There's no list today, but we can kick off with John Kahn. Hey, Ron, what happened to Cole? Uh, Cole's in the concussion protocol, and that's uh, as much as I can get into. Okay, and then with um, with Alex, what was the final deciding factor there for for him? Well, getting to to watch him do some of his uh, some of his movements and stuff that he was going to have to do in the game, and uh, he still felt a little bit tight. Thank you. Go, Chris Russell. Yeah. Hey, hey, Ron. Sorry, I just got in here. Um, just curious uh, in terms of, you know, sometimes um, I guess a team can get a little bit um, high on themselves and maybe a little bit loose um, when you're riding a four game winning streak and everything feels good. Did you sense from your team that that they had that or did you sense that they were intense like they had something still huge to prove this week? I thought they had a good week. I, I did. I mean, again, you never know how those things translate to Sunday. And we shall see. But, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we talked about was, hey, we haven't accomplished anything you know, other than getting our record to, uh, to, to six or seven. So I think the guys understand. They think they understand how important, you know, each week that we play from here on out is. And uh, this is a very important game we're playing this Sunday. Thank you. Nikki, if you're on. Uh... Ron, who will be the backup on Sunday? Uh, we have uh, a choice of two quarterbacks that we'll decide on. Are there tangible ways you see those those work that work ethic or the better practice habits translate to the practice field? Like, are you seeing that growth with him? We're seeing is uh, we're seeing him working hard at what he needs to work at. He's done a nice job with it. Um, you know, this is a this is a game plan tailored to his his skill set. What he does really well, we're going to try and take advantage of. Um, you know, and again, yeah, it, it, it's it's been a good work week for everybody, and we'll see how it all translates to Sunday. Hey, Ron, uh, your, your head-to-head matchups against Pete Carroll, you've obviously had a, had a lot of good ones. Uh, maybe, you know, the games haven't exactly gone how, how you'd hoped. What's it like coaching against Pete Carroll? And, and I guess, you know, what, what are kind of the hallmarks of his teams that you see? Well, I, I think the, the, the thing about Coach Carroll is, you know, they've had a formula for a long time and they've been very successful at it. You know, a big part of it is, is you know, depending on how situations are, they, they always feel that they can keep us close at the end of the game. They're going to pull it out. 
that, that's one of their attitudes. The other one is if they get up on you early, they'll get you down and keep you down. I mean, he, he, he's got a real good sense, I think, in terms of his team and the way his team can approach each team that they play against, um, if you follow what I'm saying. So it's one of those things, and, and we'll just see how things start out. You know, it, it, it's very rarely do you ever see them get blown out um, just because of the type of, uh, of football team he has. Hey, Ron, um, we saw Antonio Gibson going through some drills out there. How did, uh, how did he look uh, to you today? He looked decent. You know, again, it's his first time out there really running. And, uh, you know, again, it's one of those things that he's got to get back into it day by day by day. We'll see how he feels tomorrow morning. And as a sort of a, a, a random question, um, before you got the Carolina job, you were in the mix for other uh, other uh, coaching jobs. Uh, I think reportedly you were in the mix for the Seattle situation, or at least they were – uh, considering you, what, what did you learn from those early opportunities, those early discussions that helped you, you think, get the Carolina job and kind of formulate what you wanted to do as a head coach? Um, well, you know, going through all the, uh, the, the, the interviews that I had and listening to some of the comments afterwards from, from the different general managers and others that I talked with just to get some feedback, you know, it really was about, you know, what are you going to do? What have you developed? What have you thought about? What are you going to put into place? Um, and it's really talking about that more so than it is, you know, anything else. You, you could talk about who you coach for and who you work with and all that kind of stuff. But what have you learned and how are you going to use it? It's probably the most important thing to talk about in those in those conversations when you have uh, those interviews. Hey, Ron, um, early in the season, you guys faced some mobile quarterbacks in Kyler and Lamar Jackson. And those guys were able to, to move around a bit. Is this defense just so much different than that group in the first month, or, or do you go back and revisit that tape and try to work on specific things? No, I, I, I'd like to believe it is different, JP. I, you know, it's funny. Um, I was asked that question yesterday, and I, I thought about it overnight, just kind of going through a couple of things in my mind. And it is different. And, and a big part of it is I think we understand our rush patterns a little bit better. We understand our responsibilities and our gaps, that type of stuff. So hopefully, uh, again, you know, this is the kind of guy you want to keep in the pocket. You just you just can't allow him to, to, to extend plays because if he does, he is going to hurt you. With, uh, with Taylor Heineke, how much is he able to kind of pick up where you guys left off in Carolina or to what extent is, is it kind of a different set of circumstances here and he, he's starting over a little bit? No, uh, 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 Taylor's a sharp dude. He picked it up right away, and uh, you know uh, I have no issues with having to play him uh, come Sunday. If there was if there was an emergency or situation that we had to put him in. Can, can oh, you tell? Can you, I'm sorry. Can you just tell us a little bit about? I mean, maybe his strengths as a quarterback, or, or what it is you guys like about him. Um, he, he, first of all, he's a very good athlete. He, he really is. He's got tremendous athletic ability. He's got good speed, good quickness. Um, he's got uh, he's got a good arm. He, he can make most throws in this league. Um, he, uh, he, he's a little bit of a gunslinger. Uh, he's got a good toughness about him, uh, quick decision maker. And, uh, as I said earlier, he's a smart football, football player. All right. That's Ron Rivera, a part of his Friday press conference. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com. Don't forget Sunday night after the game, we will have another episode for you. Will it be a Fifth victory Monday, a fifth straight win. I can't say a fifth straight victory Monday. No. Will it be a fifth straight win? 
and we will have a victory Monday or will it be a misery Monday and we'll try and figure out where things went wrong. Stay tuned for that. When we return real quickly, we'll hear a little bit from a very humble, uh, very definitely changed, at least publicly, Dwayne Haskins. That's next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, straight out to Dwayne Haskins as we wrap up the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guess just a minute or two just to get you a little taste of it as we close up shop here. I feel like it helps just getting an understanding of the timing and the concepts of what we're trying to do and, uh, you know, just being a backup or watching, you kind of don't get the, the full speed rep of what the, the, the guy who's playing gets. And, you know, there's a challenge for anybody to go out there and play and uh, definitely harder for a guy who hasn't got any, any reps during the week. But excited. I thought these, these reps this week definitely helped going into the game plan on Sunday. And I'm um, looking forward to, to executing. Uh, Matt Parrish. Hey, Dwayne. Uh, I was thinking back to Doug Williams said something in February along the lines of, you know, you kind of had a reason that you're the quarterback, but if you were to lose the starting job, you would kind of have to have a reason to give it back to the coaches. I I guess, do you feel like that's what happened? And how did you reflect on on losing the starting job initially? Uh, That's another conversation. The biggest thing I wanted to do with uh, this, facing this whole thing was come out the other side stronger. And that's what I did. And um, looking forward to doing that. Um, with how many opportunities that I get going forward and, uh, you know, thanking God for being able to still play this game and have fun and, and be home and, and be, you know, a place where close to family, close to friends and, and my teammates and just having fun with the game still and loving it. And I'm um, looking forward to just playing and have an opportunity to show why. Ben. Hey, Dwayne, obviously there's the, uh, the reps you're getting in practice, but then there's also – uh, whatever you're doing off the field to get ready. Have you done anything different this week as the starter versus maybe the first, uh, the early part of the season, anything you kind of thought or learned along the way? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing this going into this week was preparing, um, preparing and executing as hard and as, as, you know, much work as I could put in as far as preparing and watching film, seeing the looks of what we're going to play against on Sunday. And, um, you know, just getting ready. I'm not quite sure what's going on with Alex and being able to just have an opportunity to get some reps and, and show that I can, you know, execute this game plan and getting ready for this game and, you know, excited for what we're doing and I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Dwayne, um, thanks for making time on a Friday afternoon. I uh, Ron said that there's going to be a specific game plan for you for Sunday. What does that mean for you? Like, what do you hope to see? 
I mean, what we've done so far, it looks pretty good. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward um, to just get out there and play a ball again, man. And at the end of the day, it's supposed to be about playing football. It's supposed to be about having fun. You know, I've been playing quarterback since I was 10. And, you know, just trying to make it simple again, trying to make it fun. You know, I'm trying to find ways to, you know, keep getting better, trying to find ways to execute, you know, find ways to get these guys to rally and, and you know, keep winning these games. With everything you've been through since you've been drafted here, does this feel like like a second chance, like a last chance? How 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 focused are you on proving you're the guy now? I'm not worried about that. A chance is a chance, and you got to be ready for your opportunity, whether it's you know last week like how it was, or any other week. Um, you know, coming here and things that have happened, it's unfortunate, but um, life is hard, and so what? Get over it. You know, uh, best foot forward. So that's what I'm doing. Hey, Dwayne, in terms of the practice, where do you feel like you've seen, I don't know, the biggest growth for the difference or like some sequence where you really said, oh, yeah, I definitely got it. You mentioned that you work with the practice guy guys outside of the facility and things of that nature. Has there been any play in practice this week where you really felt like I really learned from these last few months? I mean, I can still spin it. It, it isn't never been a question about that. Um, really, just the biggest thing this week is just you know, getting back into the rhythm of, of, you know, what it's like to be, you know, could be one during the week and, you know, getting the reps and, you know, calling a certain play, having a certain flexion on this tag and, you know, having, you know, some personality, having some confidence back there, having somebody, um, you know, watching guys like Alex and, um, you know, someone who's, who's been someone who's been a stand-up guy and you can't help but root for him. So um, having him in the building, you know, him still being around despite his, his, his injury and still trying to do his best to help me. Um, you know, how could you not be appreciative? How could you not uh, want to be the best version of yourself for yourself and for your teammates and coaches? And then you mentioned that you were one of the people that talked to Chase and you were obviously somebody in his corner when you were when he was going through his thing. Has there been anybody that's pulled you aside or just said anything to you that really gave you confidence? Scott Turner told me that he said he believes in you when you went into the game and Ron Rivera said it's important for him to say that to you as well. But has there been anybody that's just said something to you that really, really meant something to you and really gives you confidence going into this week in Seattle? Myself, you gotta believe in yourself first before anybody else can believe in you. So I've been praying, 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 calling my my pastor, calling my dad, and you know, playing playing a little bit of spiritual warfare. So I'm excited. Hey Dwayne, uh, you know, maybe an outsider would look at this and say you're entering in a really pressure-packed situation in the middle of a playoff race, facing against Russell Wilson, the Seahawks. Is there any part of you that just says, "Screw this! This is fun. This is what I want to do," and you're and you're looking forward to this extra pressure of a December game? I, mean, I like pressure. I mean, if you're a quarterback and you don't have any competitive edge to you, then you should be playing quarterback. And who wouldn't want to? Who wouldn't want to play against the Seahawks or Russell Wilson? That's someone who I've been watching since I've been picking up the football. So, uh, well, well, any other game where you not want to play? So I'm just excited to be able to go out there, play against Jamal Adams, play against Bobby Wagner and that great defense, and um, you know, try to get after him. Hey, Dwayne, uh, I wonder how much different do you think you are as a quarterback than than maybe you were earlier this year? I guess we just have to kind of wait and see. Um, excited to, you know, put all the work in as far as, you know, off the field stuff, you know, in the meetings uh, on the board. Um, I just feel like I'm going to be so calm, cool, collected, confident quarterback sometimes. You know, when I was playing previously or before, I was so caught up in trying to make big plays, trying to, you know, show that I belonged or whatever that is while I'm here. So it's just time.
Uh, Dwayne, what you said that you've been watching Alex, I'm sure learning a lot from him. What is one thing that you have learned from him or that you've changed about your game these past couple of months that you think will make you the most successful against the Seahawks on Sunday? I learned so many things from Alex. I couldn't just pinpoint one thing as to be what will be a difference maker going into this game. Uh, kind of just um, want to take what you learned from from Alex or even from Kyle or you know, this, this whole you know, transition, this whole process, and um, take the good and the bad and the indifferent and, and find yourself with it and you know find yourself where you have to be honest with yourself, most importantly. And um, that's what I've been doing. And uh, I feel like you know having Alex around and, and learning from him to seeing his day to day his day to day grind, um, how much he focuses in and how much hard work he puts in, and I've uh, just been matching that really, um, you know, trying to get here. You know, same time of earlier than when he gets here, leaving the same time not later than he's here and just trying to figure out ways to, you know, he's been here for a while, 14, 15 years in the league. And, you know, somebody that you have to look at and see um, he's done it right. So just try to follow his footsteps. Hey, Dwayne, um, you mentioned that you've learned a lot from Alex and, and obviously done some things to change uh at the facility and off the facility, what is one thing that maybe you've learned about yourself during these last eight or so weeks that maybe you didn't know, or maybe you didn't think that you had, is there anything that jumps out at you? Um, I would say I'm, I'm pretty resilient. Uh, not that I didn't think that before, but, um, you know, you know, I lost my dog and some things happened over here and, you know, now everything that I thought was going to happen or planned or expected to happen and life gets at you fast. And the biggest thing you can do is just, you know, stand in fire and walk through flame. And that's what I did. And once again, thanks to WashingtonFootball.com for helping us out with all that sound and audio. I'm Chris Russell. Don't forget to check out the NBA season preview this weekend, wherever you download your podcast, including the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Make sure you check it out. All chock full of NBA season preview information. All right, I'm Chris Russell. Have a great rest of the weekend. Back with you again late Sunday night after the Washington football team and the Seattle Seahawks meet up. Thanks to our sponsor today, Pepsi. And thanks to you for listening. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.